Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. Everyone, so today we are going to be talking about authenticity and what it means. Um, we're going to be looking at different aspects of authenticity. It comes up a lot in our conversations um, at different episodes on this podcast, and we thought today we would really just hone in on authenticity, what it means, and how it shows up in personal life and professional life and coaching. So Erin, what comes up for you when you hear the word authenticity? Yeah, authenticity uh, in a coaching context is so invaluable for the individual to be able to explore, you know, their specific wants and needs and how they navigate through those. And so I think as a coach, one of the things for me, the authenticity really brings up is being able to create a space where people feel comfortable and feel like they can be seen and heard without judgment. So it's like, okay, well, how do you do that as a coach then, right? How do you provide that space for people to live authentically in one another's presence? And I think there are a few things um, that we as coaches can do to support the client uh, authenticity. I think one is providing a space to allow them to explore what they are thinking and feeling by asking curious questions and by, uh, you know, repeating and summarizing what you've heard so that they can continue to expand on their own thinking and feeling to really get to that authentic place. I think sometimes, and this is, comes up in coaching and counseling, um, it can be a little bit of, of self-disclosure, although rarely. Uh, as a coach, we don't want to, you know, draw the attention to us in that way, but sometimes it can also help a client feel like they can express themselves authentically when when we might share uh, briefly. Uh, so those are a few things that come to mind for me as a professional. And then I think just uh, as a society, uh, just really in our day-to-day life, if we could value authenticity and more, right, I think we would reduce the amount of conflict in the world, in the workplace, and we would um, gain a broader understanding of one another to be able to relate to one another um, on a more meaningful level. Uh, yeah, so LaShawn, that's where I went. Where do you go with this topic of authenticity? Well, I like that you mentioned giving space for your clients in coaching to share their opinions or express themselves without judgment. And I think that's something that comes up for me in terms of authenticity, the um, the the sense of, you know, just being real and um, honest, sincere, uh, without worrying about, well, not worrying, I won't say worrying, um, well, without judgment. And I think that's something that authenticity needs in order to be authentic, because I do think vulnerability is a major part of being authentic and having authenticity. So not having that judgment in a coaching space, I think is really important. Another thing that comes up for me with authenticity is just really understanding what it is. Um, because some people might think authenticity is just like just doing things that are unconventional or um, maybe controversial 
or, or or some people might um, react to someone who is doing something that is against the mainstream and they say they're being authentic as just, oh, no, you're rebelling or you're just being contrary. And so I think it's really important to work on defining what authenticity is. And for me, authenticity is on a personal level being true to yourself and expressing yourself without fear or concern about what other people think. And that's where the judgment comes in. People are going to judge regardless. But I think authenticity um, requires self-awareness and self-knowledge and the comfort or discomfort, (laughs) comfort with discomfort of being oneself, even if it goes against the grain or it's not conventional, or maybe people won't understand me or respect me, that kind of thing. So when I think of authenticity, my curiosity really goes to what is authenticity and how can I know I'm being authentic? How about you, Erin? What comes up for you with those thoughts there? Yeah, I like uh, what you're talking about in terms of defining authenticity. And I think authenticity, when we're truly in our authentic selves, we likely aren't making decisions out of a fear response or, you know, speaking to others out of that response. I I think it comes from a space of empowerment, not for oneself and one's own authenticity, but for others as well. Um, And I know that can come up in authenticity. It's like, well, I can say whatever I want, even if it's harmful to others, because that's authentic. And that's exactly what I think. Um, And I don't think that's what authenticity is at all. Um, And I think we also need to be able to stumble in our conversations and coaching provides that space. I think it's so important in that coaching space that they do maybe stumble with um, some of those really big and difficult feelings that might you know, when set outside of the space, be more harmful um, to others. Because uh, if we don't have the chance to be seen and we bottle up those negative parts of ourselves, I think we can get to a lot of trouble with with like hate and violence and things too. So uh, I don't know why I went down this, a little bit of this rabbit hole <laughs> towards the, <laughs> that direction with it. Uh, on, on the flip side, authenticity also you know, is this comes out of a place of love, right? And so when we're being authentic, I think we're going back to the purest form of who we are supposed to be, who we are meant to be. And, you know, we can enter that space without judgment. Um, and and that can be hard too, because we don't get to live in that space in society, right? And it, and it can be a really, um, you know, using the word again, empowering, empowering space for oneself and for others um, to be in that like kind of more um, love driven space. But uh, it's really hard to do that and show up in that type of authenticity consistently in in the society that we're a part of. Yeah. um, I also feel like um, I liked what you said about empowerment. And I also like what you said about not just being authentic for yourself, but for other people. And I, what came up for me was just the thought of bringing up what feelings um, I, that come up for me, or, you know, if the listeners can be thinking this too, when you think you're in an empowered state, like when you're empowered, when you take action from an inspired, empowered, 
uh, state of mind. What does that feel like? And I think that is another thing that's part of defining authenticity is how do we feel when we're authentic? And then mostly my experience is when I'm with an authentic person, I find it refreshing, um, disarming. I don't feel like I have to be on my guard. When someone is authentic, I feel like, okay, I can be authentic too. It's kind of contagious in that way for me. And um, it's a different feeling when someone is being, I don't know, uh, just uncaringly talking or, or saying something like how they feel, but not really caring about the other person uh, coming from a place of fear. Um, and when they're coming from a place of authenticity, coming from a place of sincerity, coming from a place of being themselves without any pretense or any um, ulterior motives, it's a very different feeling. And that's something that's come up for me when I was listening to you talk. And also, I think that um, you mentioned the coaching space and, and the conversations that happen in the coaching space. And one thing that came up for me is, can authenticity be learned? Can we, um, you know, if we're feeling like, for example, I am a recovering people pleaser. So it's um, kind of my default, my um, safety mechanism to go into this mode of I'll do anything to please the other person and just kind of go into this automatic um, reactive state as opposed to being authentic. And one of the things that I have noticed in myself is that it does take uh, a bit of an effort before you can really get into a natural, like uh, more automatic state of authenticity. And so when you mentioned conversations and coaching and, and work that we do with coaches and that we do as coaches with our clients is a space where one can practice authenticity, be encouraged to be authentic, and also reap the benefits of authenticity as well. Because in therapy and coach, any therapeutic, um, introspective work that we do requires authenticity. What are some things coming up for you there, Erin? Yeah, you said a lot of rich things, but one thing that really stuck out was around ulterior motives. When you said that, it was almost like I had this feeling of like authenticity and and people's motivations behind their actions um, and how that even when one looks at that, right, like what what is the motivation um, and how does that relate to one's authenticity and to maybe the people around them? I don't know. I think there's something there. I haven't fully grappled with in my mind. I think it needs to further be explored uh, about this idea that our motivations are, you know, directly tied to our authenticity. Um, and that brings up a big question then about like, you know, why we make the decisions that we make, what we choose to do, those types of things. So it's very behavior based. And I know in coaching, we work a lot on uh, behavior shifts um, and, and behavior change using various, you know, change models and, and coaching skills. Uh, and so I'm wondering if I'm looking at this too microscopically and thinking about it as something like so behavior based in that way and maybe uh, want to take a step back and think a little bit more about authenticity is um, even just the way of being, not necessarily mm -hmm. our behavior or our thoughts, our actions, um, our words. But there's also this other piece of just, I don't know, existing in a way that is authentic. And so, yeah, what do, what do you think that looks like when we're just like existing authentically? 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because when you said, when you kind of um, responded to what I said about motivation or ulterior motives and motivation, and one thing that popped up in my mind was what would be the motivation um, behind authenticity? And is there motivation? Because that goes to the discussion of being, that goes to the discussion of just existing. Um, And we did talk about that in terms of in another episode where we talked about being in the new year. And one of the things that did come up was the need to control the outcomes and just, and so letting go of the need to control the outcomes. And I think that might be part of not really motivation because the motivation could just be inauthenticity just to be oneself. And that could be the only motivation. But I also thought maybe when we are authentic, because vulnerability is part of authenticity, because you do have to kind of open yourself up to the world. You have to let down that guard. Um, and I believe, what if it's also part of connection? Because I find that when someone is authentic or someone comes into a situation um, open and without expectation or um, the need to control the outcomes, there is more opportunity to have a deeper, meaningful connection with the person because you're actually interacting with their true self. And by that, I mean, there's, it's, it's kind of unpredictable too, because if a person comes to you with their authentic self and, and vulnerable, they're not, they're not following a script. They are responding, they're present with you. And that opens up. And this is one of the things that I find in coaching as well. So many things that you wouldn't, um, be able to predict or you would be able to it's not like it's going by a script and this is the way it goes and this is the formula and this is what i can expect it's much more it's deeper and richer and more fulfilling and so connection is something that comes up for me when i think about authenticity how about you Aaron? yeah i like the word connection in the way that you talked about it and i think as you were talking i'm like oh yes and and how this relates to my own intimate relationship with my spouse and and thinking about, um, you know, we've been married for 14 ish years. I hope I got that right. (laughs) But, um, but just all of that time that it has taken for us to get to where we are in terms of our authenticity with each other and our connection, uh, not saying that it has to be that much time, but there is this level of depth, I think, when you are in a relationship with an individual, whether that's a romantic partnership or not, um, that you kind of go through so many different life events that your own authenticity is just a constant. And so that person sees you uh, for who you are and you know how you respond to things and, and how you feel about things. And uh, I don't think people see get to be seen at that level you know too often right and and maybe that's um inherently a a positive thing in some ways um because there is that level of a shared relationship that um brings i don't know a little bit of comfort to each other when you can be seen at that level so maybe it is like something that would be shared outside of uh, a deeper relationship uh, but I think connection, you know, doesn't have to just be those long-term uh, relationships either. And, you know, people come in and out of our lives 
constantly and we grow and learn from those relationships and those experiences. So our authentic self with that individual one day, you know, likely shifts another day. And I think that's the other thing with authenticity that I want to point out is we are ever changing and we are constantly swimming in this world where we're um, interacting with people and life events and bigger societal things. And, and it's every day. Um, and so I think being able to be content with that authenticity in terms of how we change and grow throughout life is also a really important life skill uh, for individuals. Because as I tell my kids sometimes, like when they don't want to learn something new because it's hard, I remind them, well, this is at this stage of your development, right? Like if you don't learn this piece, then if you move forward here, you miss this very important part and are stuck. I don't say it exactly like this, but are are stuck, you know, in toddlerhood. And like, that's the same for adults. If we, we don't, if we aren't authentic and we don't open ourselves to lessons and, and life events, then we might be stuck. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. One thing that was really um, stuck out for me was the idea of growth and how, and also you were talking about maturity in when you were talking about your children. And um, I think that definitely authenticity is a mark of, and also part of growing emotionally, psychologically as, as, you know, a human being, I think that's part of the growth as well. So and also, I wonder, this is, this is a kind of curious <laughs> point, um, if one does not allow themselves to be vulnerable or allow themselves to be authentic or never really takes the time to get to know who they are, and they are only reacting to their expectations or their perceived expectations of others or their duties, responsibilities in life, does that stunt our growth in terms of um, emotional intelligence in terms of psychological health, that kind of thing. What do you think, Erin? Do you think that can stunt your growth if you never really work on being authentic or um, you just spend most of your life pleasing others or living up to a standard that's not yours or expectations that aren't yours? Yeah, I think it stunt your growth in some ways. Uh, let's say you're living up to standards that aren't yours, you might experience growth in other ways. <laughs> um, but I think that overwhelmingly it does uh, because you don't get to that level of, you know, having the opportunity to have self-actualization and realize uh, your, you know, purpose and meaning and, and kind of those bigger life questions. So I think, I think it does. And then anytime we aren't intentional about um, developing something within ourselves, then it's likely not going to be as developed as if we were working on it, Um, just like in a workout or with our physical body uh, and those things. Again, it doesn't have to be about controlling the outcomes, though. Like, I know that I've got to work on myself you know, actualization and my authenticity. So I expect that I will be here by the end of the year. I don't think it has to be like that at all. But Mm -hmm. I do think there is a level of even those, we've talked about micro moments where it's like, oh, why did I say that? Or 
why did I respond to that? And how can I shift my response if that's not working in the future? Um, just, you know, some of those small changes, I think, have a big payoff um, with authenticity. And then, like, I have a question. I don't know how to phrase it. So I'm going to kind of stumble, <laughs> I think, with phrasing it. But, you know, authenticity, we want to be able to live um, in our best self and, and share that forward with others as well. And there is this level of authenticity where we, you know, have our negative thoughts and our um, learned negative behaviors. And then our, you know, when we look in the mirror, it's like, oh, I don't like this about me or I don't like that about me, those things. Um, how does authenticity maybe help in those situations, LaShawn? I think it goes back to, again, um, being aware of yourself and also um understanding that i mean the reality of the situation is we have many different emotions and different aspects of ourselves that we like or don't like and that's okay um and i think authenticity is um you know being honest with yourself and the the no judgment i like the idea of of the no judgment because again judgment does come from a place of fear uh and i think when you're coming from a place of love and you can look discerningly at aspects of yourself that aren't as satisfying as other aspects of yourself or um, that you see as uh, not as desirable as other parts of yourself and you're able to look at it with compassion and you're able to get curious about what it is about that part of yourself that you don't like. So if I'm going to speak about myself, one thing I don't like about myself is that I do have a tendency to please others. It's like an automatic thing. And so I have learned over time to look at that part of myself, one, as a child, an inner child that needs something. And what need do I have that's not being met? And so when I'm able to look at myself, when I'm in that people pleasing mode, I'm able to look at myself with compassion. I do think that authenticity, um, that that's part of it because we've established that authenticity is a place of empowerment and a place of love. And if it is a place of love, then we should be able to have that compassion, that self-compassion for that part of ourselves that we're not so happy with or that doesn't serve us. And so when we're able to look at those aspects of ourselves, the negative emotions will be, okay, what's going on inside of me? Um, what need is not being met? What unwanted thing is here? And how can I address that, integrate that, and have a better um, experience. And then sometimes you don't really have to change anything or, or have a better experience. It's just a matter of integration and acceptance. So in an attempt to clumsily answer your question, Erin, I would say that um, authenticity does allow us some grace and some space to, to um, allow those parts of ourselves that are messy. What do you think? Yeah. I like that you talked about integration and acceptance and allowing those parts of ourselves that are messy. And, and I think when we can allow those pieces with uh, that compassionate lens and that non-judgment, we can access deeper parts of ourselves, I think, that are, uh, as we talked about, empowering, but also um, fulfilling too, right? Like, uh, I think there is this level of just joy or fulfillment when we're authentic. Uh, we know we're living in our true self. And so I think that's another piece of this as well. I really struggle in my own authenticity with acceptance and compassion when it comes to 
um, allowing the messiness of my qualities that I don't necessarily like or appreciate. And so that's been a lot of self-work that I continue to do, but also really struggle with it. And I'm trying to kind of understand a little bit more how authenticity as a concept can help me kind of move myself beyond those really terrible judgmental things I say about myself to a a place of of acceptance. And as you said, like it's healing the inner child. There's a lot of hardwired things there that need to shift. And maybe I can also pull from this strategy of just authenticity and what that means when I do start to know those thoughts are coming up for me. And I will say one thing to even maybe pay attention to with those negative thoughts and, and, and negative thoughts aren't always bad or wrong. Uh, they just are right. But uh, sometimes we don't even know they're playing in the background until we start to become more in tune with them. And so I think that's another thing with authenticity is being able to kind of notice things um, and, and be more aware. And as you talked about self-awareness earlier, um, when it comes to those aspects of ourselves. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think it's really important to to reiterate the um, what you said about negative thoughts are not necessarily bad or they're just they just are. And I think it's it's really important uh, when we are seeking to be more authentic to allow ourselves those moments of anger, frustration, sadness, loneliness, all those things that come with being human. And instead of masking it or ignoring it, denying it, um, and even delving into it, because we know that too much of that could be really toxic, um, just, you know, going through it and experiencing it. And I think that's a part of authenticity as well. When we embrace what's going on inside of us and, and we're not meeting it with resistance. In other words, we are okay with, you know, being just uncomfortable for a while. Um, and if we can come into something with curiosity, wow, that I'm really feeling angry right now, wonder what that's about without judging ourselves for being angry. What a terrible person I am for being angry right now, as opposed to, ooh, I'm angry right now. I wonder what that's about. Ooh, what, what button did that push? Hmm, what's going on with me? Let me see. Let me check in. Um, and I think that's really important. That's another part of authenticity is embracing the experience, I guess, of whatever comes up without judgment. So one of the things I, I really wanted to touch on, and we did kind of to, to a certain extent, but the benefits of authenticity. Um, I know that when we behave or we live in, in, in a um, place of love, it's a lot less stressful. Um, we are uh, better able to show compassion, feel compassion for um, others and ourselves. And it, for me, when I'm in a place of love, I have peace and calm, no matter what's going on around me. And I think that's part of authenticity. And there's, there's a kind of um, gentle knowing that everything's going to be okay uh, when I let go of the need to control the outcomes and the need to even know what's going to happen. But just 
being able to be like, you know, I'm, you know, I feeling love for myself. I'm feeling love for the people around me. Whatever is happening will pass. I'll, you know, I'll get through this. And that's part of it. So that's some of the benefits that I see in authenticity. How about you, Erin? Yeah, I like the reciprocity of it. Like when we tend to those difficult feelings and thoughts that are, are coming up for ourselves, we grow our compassion as, and, and you talked about compassion earlier to do that for others. And when we get to that space of doing that for others, I think it then feeds us even more <laughs> often than our original, you know, try on our compassion on ourselves, if that makes any sense. But, but I think it's that idea of giving back um, sometimes makes us uh, feel better for lack of better words than, you know, giving to ourselves in some ways. But um, so, so that comes up for me uh, a lot with authenticity. And then I think honesty also, we haven't really touched on that word yet. And there is a, some relationship there, but when we can live an honest life, um, I think that there's something there that makes it a little bit more, or, or it makes that compassion a little bit more accessible. So um, just really thinking about how authenticity uh, creates the space for us to be honest and, and live honestly, and that also grows compassion. Uh, because when we can be honest with ourselves, uh, you know, we can accept when others need to share their honesty and, and be compassionate toward them, too. So I think that's another concept. Um, I didn't really define honesty in terms of like its relationship to authenticity, uh, but it's 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 important. And I think the other thing with honesty that might be a little bit different than authenticity is really trying to discern sometimes when honesty is compassionate and when it is not. Um, maybe authenticity is the same. We have to discern when that's compassionate, when it is not, but that's a, a tricky space to kind of navigate to. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, uh, honesty and um, also not wanting to hurt uh, other people. I think that's really important. Um, I'm glad you brought up the honesty piece, though. I think that's really important. And one of the things that you said about honesty, being honest with ourselves, um, I think it kind of goes with compassion as well. Um, when we can be kind, honest, and, and have grace for ourselves, I think it's easier for us to do it with others. When we can recognize and um, be discerning when we have difficult and undesirable parts of ourselves, it's easier for us to um, interact with people who are difficult or who we may not like or who that we're having difficulty, people who are really dishonest or people who are manipulative or people who are maybe they have no tact and they're just too frank um, and they say hurtful things. I think it's easier for us to, of course, you know, be attuned to what's going on with us when we're interacting with them. But also if we have, if we're practiced at doing this with our own parts of ourselves that are not so great, we're, it's probably easier for us to uh, give those people a benefit of the doubt. Of course, we want to protect ourselves from people who are, are harming us. Obviously we're not just going to not yes. protect ourselves. <laughs> Um, but I, I, that's a really good point that you were making about honesty and also about um, how we, the re reciprocity of that. Um, any other thoughts about 
authenticity that are coming up for you? One thing that came up for me in our conversation, uh, this is my former like high school English teacher <laughs> voice, um, is really, you know, character development, right? And when you read a story, you really see how the protagonist and other characters evolve and develop. And so maybe it's, and, and I'm get, and we understand uh, that character a little bit more wholly when we're, you know, doing character analysis and those things. So we, we've talked about this in the past too in our podcast, but looking back at where we were, you know, as an infant all the way to where we are today and all the nuance that's existed in the space for so many years um, and how that has built our authenticity too. And like how that relates to um, our, our ways of living and being in the world. So uh, sometimes it can be fun, right? Just to, or not, not fun (laughs) either way (laughs) to look back at, at our past and really kind of see, you know, what are the through lines? What are the threads? And then that gives us a little bit of a uh, a story or an analysis for us to use to make adjustments or move forward in a different way or stay on the course or whatever it may be. So that's the only other thing that really came up during our conversation. That is such a good point, because one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, before when I was really living out of fear and I was kind of. Uh, I, I, I was presenting a persona to the world. It wasn't really me. And I didn't even know who I was or my true authentic self. And it was going back and seeing that thread or that common uh, theme throughout my life that really helped me reconnect to who I was. And of course, it was always asking, do I really want this? Am I saying no because they want me to say no, or I feel like that would please them? Or am I saying it because I really want to say yes? but I'm denying myself. So I did have to really go through one, getting to know myself better and two, really tapping into my motivations. Like what is this my false self or my true self? And where, what are the feelings here? How do I feel? And I think the whole going back and looking at, you know, your life is one way to find authenticity uh, by finding the common threads and, and even finding where um, you may have been more authentic because we're dynamic. We're not all the same. We're, we're not uh, made of stone. We're very um, fluid. And I think that's another part of authenticity is recognizing, you know, that we are dynamic beings. So that's a really good thought. And um, I, I feel like we are very close to complete in this discussion, unless there's more that you can add to it before we move on to coaching nuggets? I guess the only other thing is if there's someone who's listening, who is dealing with a big change right now, or um, like in my case with this (laughs) surgery and things like these, uh, I mean, that's maybe not huge, but like sometimes we, the authenticity, uh, I guess don't panic is what I'm trying to tell the listener when it comes to thinking about your authenticity and who you are amidst those big shifts and big things going on. Because I mean, there's so many outside factors in addition to just the change itself that one is navigating, even like whether there's different medication things or whatever it may be. So, um, 
I guess I just want people to feel a little bit reassured that, um, you know, you can be who you are in the moment. And when you want to take that time and space to adjust or, or make a shift, then you can can look and see uh, what might work for you. Uh, so that's that came up, too. <laughs> I don't know if I articulated that very well. But. No, I, I'm really glad you brought that up because I would add to that. Give yourself space and time. If you are experimenting with the idea of authenticity, um, give yourself space and time and try to take the pressure off. I, I, I would say just to add to what you were saying, if you are going through a major life change or things are up in the air, really chaotic. It might not be the time to explore your authenticity. <laughs> However, it could also be a good time, but that's really up to you. And it's really um, your journey. So I would encourage listeners who are considering, you know, look, you know, how authentic am I? You know, how can I be more authentic? Do so lightly and with gentle and loving um ways, you know, with a gentle and loving thoughts in mind. I think that probably brings us to a coaching nugget of wisdom for this episode. LaShawn, do you have something? I do. I, I was actually um, thinking of a, another kind of like challenge to our listeners to observe their, um, their environment. Where do you see authenticity? And what are marks of authenticity? And again, you want to take a detached, observant um, stance here where you're not judging, you're discerning. And where do you see it in yourself? Where do you see it in others? Um, where do you see it in like fictional characters? And maybe just take an inventory of um, examples of authenticity in your life. And please share it with us. Yeah, I really like that. I think... Uh, I want to end with just confidence in your uh, true self because our true selves can be really scary because they're empowered and they're filled with love. So when you notice those moments of feeling that empowerment and that love and, 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 and that level of confidence, uh, embrace that. Don't, don't run away from that and uh, really believe in yourself. Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day.